Hello, you're listening to Shorthand, a guide to making a short film, a BFI network and film hub Southeast podcast. Whether you're actively making a short film or passively thinking about it, this is a podcast designed to help you on the journey from coming up with a compelling short film idea to editing it into a finished product. Applications for the BFI Network Short Film Fund are now open, so there's no better time to dive into our archive of previous episodes on all aspects of the short filmmaking process. In this episode, we're going in for a close-up on directing actors, where you'll hear from two filmmakers, one of whom is also an actor, about how to elicit great performances from your cast. So I think uh, there is a big difference between the feeling inside when you're acting and obviously what someone else can see. (laughs) Um, I have felt like totally elated at the end of a take and thought I could not have got closer to the experience that this character is going through. And the director is like, I can't use any of that. It was all terrible. There's not necessarily any kind of connection between those two things, which makes, you know, acting a wonderful but extremely elusive art form. That's actor and filmmaker Romola Gary, discussing how she defines a good performance. You might have seen her in films like Suffragette, Atonement and One Day. Most recently, she made her directorial feature debut with the bracing horror Amulet. In this segment, you'll hear Romola expand on why actors are a filmmaker's principal collaborator and how you can establish lines of communication with an actor to help realise a story's potential, as well as how to maintain that trust or sense of collaboration when giving notes. For me, a really good sort of middle ground, I guess, is that you feel like activated in the character and that you are kind of hopefully feeling real or close to real emotions, um, but also that you're in synchronicity with the director and your understanding of the story from their perspective and, and that you are you know, also hitting the technical marks that you have to do. And you, so, so these, those three things, you know, awareness of the style of the film and the storyteller, technical marks the the technical sort of constraints and then also you know making sure that you are also emotionally kind of committed (laughs) I think that I hopefully I hope people will be writing in saying that's not true at all um but hopefully uh, I have a very high level of trust in actors trust that even if they're not doing what you want it's not because they're not they don't want to be doing what you want And also that they can give it to you, you know, like most actors are good, like after a certain point in their sort of level of experience or whatever, most actors can do most things. I think if you put make the circumstances right, if you give them good direction, if most particularly if you give them the time to do it, they can get there and they are your principal collaborators. You know, I think there is a weird sort of energy or structure that has has grown up around film which you know probably just because physically the director is behind the camera so there is this separation between the director and the actor and that is sort of I suppose conceptually unhelpful because I think that the director and the actor are the principal collaborators in the film I try to work in that way I've been directed a lot as well so I understand it from the other perspective and I think that directors um, who love actors and trust them get great performances out of them. I'm not a great one for the whole, like, let's manipulate the actor into kind of giving the best performance. Cause I think that just shows a lack of, a, a lack of trust. 
I think the actor is the person on the set who can really collaborate with you on storytelling. You know, obviously the director of photography does that for for a, a filmmaker as well. And a filmmaker might go out and really talk in incredible depth with the director of photography about how to realize the story visually. But then weirdly not do that with an actor. Like the actor might just turn up on the day and they might say, you know, they skip a lot of the important sort of um, work that needs to be done, probably because you would factor in pre-production time as an absolute essential part of making any kind of short film or whatever. But you wouldn't necessarily factor in rehearsal as that because it's seen as a luxury. Also, there's an idea that rehearsal sort of has to involve people like doing just exercises or it doesn't. It can just be people literally just talking about the story and the characters so that when you get on set, you know each other. And yeah, building trust is about, I think, relinquishing control to some extent. And that, you know, is a, about, yes, talking with the actors, um, taking their ideas on board, allowing them to influence your vision, you know, and and vice versa. And, and I think particularly because acting can, usually does involve somebody to a certain extent kind of monetizing their emotions, which is a really difficult thing for people to go through. Having a certain level of respect for that, I think is really is really important and, and and like I really like directors who have acted and I really like working with directors who've just maybe just taken a few acting classes even if they just sit there feeling funny and like laughing that just understanding what it's like to be paid for your own emotion, emotions how weird that is and what an act of um total loss of control that is I think that really helps directors be more sort of sensitive to the needs of actors you know, giving, giving notes is, is criticism. It is, you know, and it's, it has to be constructive, you know? And so it's always good to start with a positive thing. Like if you approach an actor, start with the thing that you like, say, I really love what you're doing with the ashtray, which whatever it is, you know, start with something positive because then people just, they just open up to that so much more. And there is no level of experience in the industry where that stops working. Believe me, I, I you see it all the way up. People go, oh, did you like that? What can I do to please you more? Like it's an instinctive thing. Actors are very, very different. Some actors don't want to know anything about storytelling. They're only committed to the character and they don't want to know anything beyond that. So I think, yes, the second thing would probably be to just really Really understand who you're talking to and the way that they work. If they're the kind of the act, uh, actor who only really wants to understand their own character, then you don't need to kind of go into what they are, could be doing to help you with the storytelling. Other actors are extremely technical, you know, and rather than talking them to them for 20 minutes about German expressionism or whatever it is that you're portraying on the screen, you can just go up to them and say, I really need you to be further into the light at that moment. And I think that will really help us see what you're doing, you know. So knowing who it is you're talking to is really important important as well and and lastly i would say don't be afraid to be honest as long as you're also being honest with yourself do you know what i mean like you can be really honest with actors and say this isn't working for me if you can also see what you are maybe potentially not doing to help as well i think so i think an understanding of your own failings as a director is a really constructive way to go into criticizing an actor and what they're doing so that you both you both start from a point of view of going let's talk about what we're not doing to make this moment work I think that's a better way to sort of go into a really serious kind of okay this really isn't working moment. Next Romola reflects on her experience of working with a child actor on the set of her short film Scrubber 
as well as how you can encompass a broad range of acting styles or approaches on your film set and get everyone on the same page in terms of the film's tone. It really depends with children on their age, you know, obviously that that makes a big difference. Honor that we worked with in Scrubber was, my memory is that she was six. So a six-year-old does not need to know about the story. A six-year-old needs to be given a task. And, you know, usually you have to kind of make the filmmaking, I think, as kind of surreptitious as possible. Because really what you're filming is not a performance. You know, you're filming somebody who's at play or who's, you know, essentially being a version of themselves, you know. As the a child gets older, that really changes. So I've worked with eight and nine-year-olds who are actors, better actors than I was. <laughs> you know, they're very like, they at that amazing stage where they can take notes because they understand about collaborative play because that's what they're doing, you know, with their friends and stuff. So that in that way, I think the most sort of important thing that you can do at that age is just to make sure that they're okay all the time, particularly if you're doing difficult things, you know, I think you really need to sort of just check in with them a lot. Just give them very clear direction as you would any actor if they're if they're that little bit older. But yeah, their well-being, I think it's very easy for an actor of that age to just think it's all fun and not really realise that actually it is quite a complicated thing. And you don't want to kind of preempt that, but also just checking in a lot, I think, is is really good. And yeah, just being very clear is also very helpful. In this moment, you are angry with this person for that. Helping them with the sort of, because presumably you won't be filming in order, helping them with the story structure, quite sort of simple things like that. But again, there's no real, there's no real point doing that if you're working with an actor who's five, because they've got really no idea what it is that you, they're doing beyond that kind of specific moment, if you know what I mean. It's really difficult. Actors are really different. And obviously, because I am an actor, I think I went into directing thinking, well, this isn't going to be a problem for me because I have lots of experience working with actors and I am an actor. But of course, then you realise that all actors are formulated in completely different ways. It's a tough one because I think if you give people individual notes and you always go to each actor individually and direct them in a very different way, I think that can be challenging for the scenes sometimes because they're not quite working together. So I think you have to be quite instinctive about it. I would usually start with general, like a general conversation with the three, say there are two other actors in the scene. I would go, I would start off by saying, okay, that was a nice first take. Now to take this forward, I would like to, you know, ensure that the beginning of the scene feels really tense and fraught and the and then the end of the scene, we can build to a greater sense round about this line, build to a greater sense of kind of, you know, quite broad things. And then after that, you can go in individually and work with people differently. And, you know, if you're working with one actor who, for example, you know, really needs to understand what's happening in the scene in terms of storytelling, you can say, well, I'd really like this take to suggest this. And maybe we can do another version of to suggest, you know, that you're more angry with her and talk in quite technical terms. And then with a different actor who just doesn't want any of that noise, you can just really narrow in on what they're individually going through and, you know, talk about the character's mother and how that affects what they're doing in that moment and speak to them quite differently so that you end up with, yeah, a sort of general conversation which involves everybody to understand you're, they're not working against each other and then individual notes according to what, what it is that they need. Again, this is something that anyone would be doing in their pre-production with their, with their team, with their DP, with their editor, but it's really helpful for actors as well, I think, you know, because they need to understand exactly as you say what the pitch of the performance is. I think also that 
I think I spent a long time as an actor not realizing that uh, or, or thinking that acting was about kind of a series of takes that would lead to a perfect take. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you start with something bad and it gets better and better until you get until you reach perfection. And now that I've directed, I just don't think that that's right at all, because, you, you know, a director can see something on the day, which is perfection and walk away. And in the edit, it doesn't work at all. And you might end up using take one or take two that you didn't like on the day, you know, but there is this sort of, I think, yeah, prejudice towards the process being sort of seen as being kind of uh, like cumulative, you know, whereas I think it's a really helpful thing with your actors to just say, and it's a helpful thing, I think, for actors to feel like, let's just play. Let's try this take. Let's try that take. We don't know how it's all going to fit together at the end. And to have quite a kind of, I suppose, loose and playful sense of, of, of what you can achieve on the day and give everybody the feeling that they can try different things. The, the problem with that, of course, is it takes more time. <laughs> so depends how much time you've got to shoot a particular scene but different versions I think loosens up the actors and also just gives the director more options. Finally Romola discusses how her experiences as an actor have informed her own directing style. The, the directors I didn't like working with as an actor, I should say I don't like working with as an actor because I probably will meet many many more of them, of people who have decided what the performance is and what it looks like completely in advance because there's no way there's no there's nothing from that point for the actor they're just a puppet you know and some actors enjoy that and i would be the first i've i've seen that many many times and i have many friends who are actors who say i don't mind that sort of total total summation of somebody else's desires they don't have a problem with that but i really don't like that and i think you'll always find actors who just want it to be co collaborative, who want to feel like, you know, if you're if you're directing something and you have a really, really, really strong idea of how something you want something to look or you want something to sound or, you know, a performance to be in a particular moment, I would go in early with that. And I would go in with that as an offering, you know, say I have a very strong idea of this because, you know, I don't know, I've lived with it for a very long time. I need you to help me achieve that. Do you know what I mean? Like, like there has to be a sense to some extent that the actor's own like desire to be a creator person is being respected as as well and I think if you just walk on set some of the most famous and successful directors of all time do this and have done this so like it doesn't necessarily mean the work's going to be bad but it's not great for the actors like if you just walk on set and say Rose stands over here and then on her third line she walks three paces forward then I will come in for a tight shot and you'll be looking at the top right hand corner if you do that if you direct like that it's horrible for the actors and I think it can re lead to relationship breakdown and there's nothing that takes more time on the day than relationships breaking down so you know if you have good relationships it makes the work quicker as well which if you're making your first films I think it's not something to be overlooked <laughs> when I started off as a director's assistant I mean firstly I started as a runner and you get a very limited kind of amount of time observing actors and directors as a runner and I really found that working as a director's assistant I was like in the room for rehearsals and for those first meetings and for those castings even so I really saw the whole process from the director's point of view from casting you know what how to make that decision to cast and then how those conversations come about and how the rehearsal process really comes into play and that's something that's really unique and I think that you don't necessarily get in film school but I think that that had the biggest impact on doing what I do now and I'm all I'm constantly thinking about it and it's one of the most important 
aspects of directing and something that's taken for granted sometimes or not invested in enough. That's Stella Karadi, a 2019 BAFTA breakthrough Brit and a director known for her work on the 90-minute standalone drama sitting in limbo, as well as directing episodes of the TV series Trigonometry and the latest season of Killing Eve. Here she talks about assisting directors Justin Kurzel and Sally Potter and how their different approaches to working with actors has informed her own approach and why directing is a bit like parenting. And having worked for Justin Kurzel and Sally Potter, two completely different directors, I would say, they gave me two aspects. And I always describe them like this. Justin is this like big, masculine energy, like fatherly figure. He was like this very kind of burly Australian, like everyone, everyone kind of describes him as like a papa bear because that's, he just like gives off this, this energy. And so there was this very like fatherly figure of Justin and and this motherly nurturing figure of Sally that I could like watching the two and the contrast between the two really informed my way of directing where I took the best or what I thought was the best of each one. If I think about directing as parenting, it's interesting to me because you've got you've got to like know your child, right? Know what they need from you and how to best communicate that to the child. So whether that is nurturing or whether that is tough love or challenging them, you know, those are things that we analyze in our parenting style. And it's also how I work as a director and I and I don't mean that in a patronizing way to an actor at all that they're children it's just you have to be the kind of leader as the director so you have to make the rules and you have to set the boundaries and you have to communicate in a way that's like effective I'll always remember when I went to govern with Justin we went up to Scotland and Glasgow and we were like auditioning these kids that were like boxers they were like six-year-old like rough kids that were just like had a broken nose already we were like finding these like child soldiers for Macbeth and so Justin was like so physical with them he was just like basically give me sit-ups stand up and give me star jumps and now and like he'd get them all out of breath and then and then he put a match to their face and and he'd be like don't blow it out with your breath you know it was like very physical auditions that were so interesting and the kids really responded to him and then I also watched Sally working with children and it was playing but well actually Sally plays with everyone like adults as well it's it's playing and nurturing and having fun and a giggle and a, and warmth and so I've always kept that the being a mother and a father and knowing when to switch between the two. In the next segment Stella talks about working on the BFI network supported short film Little Soldier and how she developed a relationship with the film's child actor and how her process might differ when working with an ensemble of actors. Little Soldier was my first short film and it was through BFI Network and Film London. And that was very much an intimate an intimate piece with the child, between a child and her mother, but mainly the child. So I had to form a relationship with her. And so rehearsal process uh, with a child actor who, who's not an actor as well. She was a non-actor. So it was very much spending time together, going to the playground, hanging out, being with, she had a twin sister. You know, it was very important for to her to include her twin sister in what we were doing. So we were hanging out, the three of us together all the time. I was with her mom, with her nan. I really like integrated with her family. 
we had a language between us and a trust between us that almost like transcended the script or what we were doing. Whereas, you know, with, with like an ensemble uh, piece, uh, you would have, you would figure out who needs to rehearse with who and like, do I like have everyone in the same room reading, discussing their characters and then individually, you know, or in twos or, you know, where they're, how they're seen. I would kind of work out what are the important scenes that they've got together and what do we need to discuss? And I think a lot of that rehearsal process is conversation about what the scene means, what's being said, what's what's behind what's being said. So a lot of that sometimes is not even reading the script, but figuring out what's behind the scene what led to this moment? What are the characters actually thinking? I, I find that really useful to for the actor to communicate what they think that their character's thinking, because sometimes that's completely different to what I thought that that character was thinking or what the scene partner thought that that character was communicating. So knowing what's behind the thought is really important and sometimes can reveal so much more. All the time you spend together is so useful. Anytime. You go for a, a cup of tea, a drink, a coffee, a walk. Whatever time you can spend together is really valuable. Stella then delves into how that trust is sustained once you're on set, when the demands on her time and attention amplify, as well as how she goes about giving actors notes and finding a common language with them. Once we get on set, it becomes a lot more stressful and there's a, a lot less time to kind of discuss. But I, oh, the, the most important thing is to give the actor a sense of time that may not exist. But there's any stress that's on me on or coming from the first AD or whoever that we have to speed things up, giving the sense that we have all the time in the world is really useful. I mean, the actor knows that there isn't, but just knowing that they do, that you are prioritizing their time uh, and that they're not an afterthought and that they're not a prop and it's not stand here and deliver the lines or we've already talked about it. No, it's like, this is a chance for us to, like things are going to come out here. And so it's super important to give the blocking uh, of the scene a lot of time and a lot of quiet and take away that stress and take away that movement. And when we block, it's in an um, environment of creativity and not, we're trying to get stuff done and we're trying to light here and we're trying to do this. Like you need to stop that and we need to give that the time because then when we start doing takes, that's when we pick up speed. If we put in the work during the block and obviously the rehearsal time is really useful to that, but there will always be finding something in the set on with your actors, with the camera. If I give them that time, I think that that also contributes to that sense of trust that they know that they've got that time uh, and that they're not being rushed and that they're being listened to and that we have a creative space because I feel like the moment you stop pushing an actor and that they feel that they don't have any time or any space then that's when the barriers come up and it can become difficult I guess because I didn't go to I've never been to drama school and I've never been to film school and also the communication that Sally and Justin would have with their actor was also very private. It wouldn't be, you know, in between takes, giving notes. Giving notes is a very private moment. And so I wouldn't necessarily hear that. 
I don't consider myself the most eloquent person or the most like intellectual. So for me, there's like a no bullshit kind of way of giving notes that I know how to like me and that actor have communicated before and we have a language and I know what's going to kind of get through. And it's not necessarily the most intellectual thing. You know, you have to just know your actor a little bit. You have to analyze how that actor works. And then that's when you understand how to communicate a note to them. So, for example, um, I just did four episodes of Killing Eve. And Sandra O oh is very much aware of the camera and what the camera is doing and how that tells the story. So, you know, let, just letting her know what we're doing with the camera and where it's coming in and at what point talking about technical stuff with Sandra is a way of her like getting it straight away. Okay. You know, boom, boom, boom. She knows exactly what you mean. And then some other actors, uh, for example, Jodie just needed to know like emotionally where she was with something. And so it was all about emotion, I think, and all about like connecting with what's going on in the character's mind uh, at that point. The actor needs to know that you're keeping track of that you're not just letting it go and just seeing where you know you have to have an idea and you have to know because we're doing things so out of order and um you have to know where that character is in that moment and why I think one of the other elements of being like of building that trust is to be protective of your actors as well and I think in the early days showing them that you're protective of their time and of their work and of their contribution is really important in showing them who you are as a director. The idea of tiptoeing around an actor, and I think there is this, uh, there's this like hierarchy and there's this, there's this kind of an actor that's been in the industry for a really long time feels that they deserve to be treated a certain way because at the beginning they were not treated that way. And so I find that treating actors actually all with that respect from however small the role is, never treating someone like, oh, you're just a day player, giving all each of them the same respect is really important because you need you need every single actor that's there like you need every single person that's in front of that camera to feel that they're contributing and collaborating and because they are this essentially they are the most important people on there and that's not to say that you have to tiptoe around them or give in to any kind of diva-ish behavior but you need them you know so I think it's about valuing them and the etiquette, you know, is definitely, they're not a prop. And the truth is that they may eventually have a more important role or they're still going to be in your frame, you know, so they're still on camera. So you need everyone to feel valued. Finally, Stella discusses how she caters to different acting methods on set and keeps the experience as painless and playful as possible for everyone involved. It's a difficult one and it's something that you get you get better at through experience. But I think, again, being kind of a, a parent in a situation or a teacher, you know, you have to take in everyone's uh, level, everyone's different process. You know, there's definitely going to be 
a certain level of intimidation if you've got an actor that's not been in anything before next to an actor that's very famous you have to take into account everyone's vulnerability and even that actor that is you know the most experienced has vulnerable days and feels vulnerable on set and as soon as the camera comes on they feel vulnerable and it's um and I think the main thing is to keep all those conversations private as private as you can I would never give an actor a note in front of another actor unless I thought it was just kind of non-contentional and just technical and fine but if we're gonna unless that actor starts the conversation in front of everyone with me you know I take their lead on that but usually my communication is very quiet very private and to the side and that way I can kind of cater to everyone's needs also to just sometimes actors like to direct each other uh which I find can be problematic so I like to take someone to the side and say okay you know that's how they feel and that's what they need from you to do their thing but I like what you're doing at the moment so go with what you know just so that you're always the director has to direct it ha- they have you have to have one voice you can't, it can't be you know everyone kind of pitching in and giving their opinion about someone else and then in between takes having a private moment with each and just making sure so someone doesn't feel uh, neglected because often what actually happens is you neglect the person that's doing the best because they don't need a note. They don't, you, you know, but let them know that. Let them know I really like what, you know, just like keep doing that and then give your notes to others because they need to know that, I think. Keeping the experience as playful as possible is a really good uh, note because that's really what I love doing. I mean, I really enjoy it. I think they can, I think actors can tell that I'm enjoying the process of it and I'm like giddy like I like I love like as soon as we get into it I'm excited by it so showing like making sure you're you're like also physically communicating the positive nature you know there's so much stress that can happen on the shoot but as long as I'm projecting the fun element and the fact that this is really I'm really enjoying this I think that's important not taking anything personally I think that you need to let things wash off. You need to, you need to, you know, what you might, because you're also feeling vulnerable and it might be your first time uh, doing something and you have to feel that you have to portray that you know exactly what you're doing. That's not always the case, but you can take things from actors as criticisms of your work when actually they like, they're projecting how they feel so always like kind of take everything with a pinch of salt saying that's totally fine why don't you take a minute why don't we just come back to this you know like all all of that not taking it personally letting go of that ego and also letting go of what you thought the scene was gonna be letting go of what you had created in your mind of what you thought you wanted the performance to be that is really important I I always describe it as like I actually have go into a scene and it's like I see shapes but they're blurred and it's not until the actor gives me something to work with that it starts taking a human shape or a form I might have an idea of how or I definitely do have an idea of how I want it to shoot it and light it and where I want that person to stand. But what that person is giving to me emotionally has to be blank until they they offer me that. 
and then we build on it. So it's like a painting and it's kind of impressionistic at first and then it becomes more and more detailed as we go. If I go into something with like a fixed idea, I'm only ever going to be disappointed because it's not exactly how I thought it would be. Thank you for listening to Shorthand. Look out for a new episode next week that will focus on creating an onset experience that is safe, inclusive and productive. Thank you to our guests this week, Romila Gary and Stella Karadi. Shorthand is a BFI Network and Film Hub Southeast podcast produced by Nicole Davis with support from the BFI Network and ICO team. Special thanks to our editor, Graciela Mechico and Epidemic for the music. <laughs>